The Old Testament reading for today is from the book of Jeremiah, starting at chapter 17. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle lesson for today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We're even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are all of all people most to be pitied. But if in, Christ, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we come together this day, as we continue to ponder how God is working in us, uh, we hear the words of Jesus, the, the Lucan version of the Beatitudes as they are, as we hear those words of how God takes things that seem to be lacking in this world and has them filled to overflowing in his kingdom. And what a blessing that is to think about those who are lowly, those who are poor, those who are full of mercy, those who have not enough to eat, but yet one day will be filled. And so as we ponder those beatitudes, we also go back to the prophets because Jesus himself in his words alluded to the words of the prophets that the people of God had rejected over and over again. In fact, they didn't just reject the word that the prophets proclaimed. They actually many times stoned the prophets who spoke it. And so we know that uh, it was not always received with a glad ear. And so today we hear from the prophet Jeremiah who, as he was speaking to God's people, was certainly speaking in a time of, of upheaval because his words, while prophetic, the people did not want to hear because they were words of condemnation for their actions, words that made them feel bad. And who really wants to willingly feel bad? And so they rejected not only God's word, but the prophet who spoke them. And so we hear now, as Jeremiah says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. So if you trust in yourself, if you trust in your own abilities to do everything that needs to be done, then you are cursed. If you make your strength to be what matters. If you make things that you are doing to be what matters, then your heart has turned away from the Lord because you're no longer acknowledging his work through you. You see, all of a sudden we have cut ourselves off of God and his action, and we're trying to do it alone. And we know only all too well how well we do things on our own. After all, it's now, what, the middle of February, practically? And how many of us have kept all our New Year's resolutions? Yeah, we know how well we do on our own strength. And we can only look also to other things in our lives. We know things that are good for us, but yet do we seek them out all the time? No. You know, there's a reason why when you go to the supermarket that they put all that snack food right at the checkout. Okay. So you and I, we understand that we are many times weak, unable to help ourselves. But yet, our pride doesn't let us admit that. We know it, but our prideful heart thinks that it can still do it alone. That's where our stubbornness gets in the way of our repentance. And so as we think about this, 
God has said and spoken through Jeremiah, cursed is the man who trusts in man. If you think that some man, some woman can make everything right with this world, then we have put our lives and souls in the hands of someone who can't do anything more for us. And then our hearts, again, have left our trusting place in the Lord. And Jeremiah, as he speaks the Lord's word, he says, He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Now, I've never been there, but I know that out there in California, someplace on that coast, is a great salt plain, right? Because after all, I've watched shuttles land there, right? In that area. And so we know that there are flatlands of salt. Now, does anything grow in salt? No. So what's going to happen if you're a shrub planted in a salty land? You're not going to come out very well. You're going to wither and die because the salt will poison you. And so you and I, we are people who need good soil. We need good, refreshing water. We need things in order to exist. And this person who is cursed is taken out of things that maybe are good and now placed in a place where they're just going to wither and die. Now, Jeremiah sets this up, giving us this contrast between life in the wasteland and life in the promised land. He gives us this vision of how things look from God's perspective. And he goes on to say, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Notice trust, that God is able to do what he has promised to do that we trust in God, that he will work things out. And many times he uses other people and other things around us to help us in that understanding, that he gives us blessing after blessing after blessing. And that is the gift of God to those who trust in the Lord. You know... So often in this time between Christmas and Easter, we see attendance in the church kind of drop off a little bit. You know, the joy of Christmas has kind of worn thin. We've kind of forgot it. It's in the rearview mirror. And we've gone forth, and we are now trying to just live our lives. But we're doing it outside the province of God. We've sort of left God also in the rearview mirror. And so as we hear this word now of blessing from God, that those who trust in the Lord are like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, 
for it does not cease to bear fruit. Sounds like a wonderful oasis, doesn't it? That you could find in the middle of a wasteland, all of a sudden there's this place where there's water, and if there's water, there is life. Now, the life that is centered around that water didn't choose to be by the water, but was brought there. And then they grew. The grasses grew, the trees grew, all those things because of the gift of water to it. And so God gives a gift to help us be strengthened, to be strengthened through all our days, a strength that does not dwindle, that does not fade or get less in times of famine, does not decrease when it gets hot. And we know what it's like to get hot sometimes. We may have forgotten it here in February yet, but come August, we know all too well what hot feels like. But we need not fear it. We need not fear when the devil comes trampling through. We need not fear when the heat of all those things happen in our lives. For God will keep our leaves green. For he continues to water us. Our baptism that we had in the water and the word continues to refresh us, continues to remind us of God's promise that he will not forsake us, but that he is faithful to us. And so our leaves can remain green even in the harshest of times. And you know, I have seen that in people's faith lives, and you have too. People that are dealing with the most horrid situations in life are many times the most thankful because of the faith that God has given them. And so you and I, we have seen the miracles that God has put in front of us. We see how, though improbable, that one tree grows on the cliff and is green. So you and I are planted by water that does not give up on us, by a water that refreshes us, cleanses us, and gives us growth. And that is so that we don't cease to bear fruit. You wondered when I was going to get to that, I know. Because you see, yes, that if we trust in just ourselves alone, we're always going to fail. But at the same time, God is faithful to us. He who adopted us, who washed us clean and forgave us, continues to work in us so that good fruit might continue to be produced. And good fruit, we know, is things that we do in response to what God has done for us. That's where we get into our acts of service. That's where we get into our understanding of being a good steward of God's things, being a trustee of all the things that God has given us. Yes, all our talents, our time, and yes, even our treasure. And there we are, as God's people planted near the stream with our leaves green 
with things growing in an oasis in a world that does not understand it. And God gives us gift upon gift that we might be an oasis to those who are starving in the wilderness, that we might be the ones to reach out with a hand of fruit, with a hand of service and care, with the love that God has instilled with us, that we could be those who bear fruit and share that fruit and that seed with others. So, you know, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago now, but in our daily living, that seems like an eternity, we all got a yellow card in the mail. A yellow card that deals with our faith-giving commitment, uh, financially, but also spiritually, but also talking about our, our time and our talents, how we could put the fruits that God has given us to work for his kingdom, not out of pride, but out of thanksgiving to God, that we serve in the ways that God has given us to serve, those things that we can do that help God's kingdom grow so that others can be added in to that number. And so you and I, we are indeed that kind of fruit that God has brought into our lives. And maybe it's in care for others. Maybe it's you have a great ability to stand and read the scriptures to others. Maybe you like to tell people where to go. And you could be an usher really easily. Okay, think about it. Maybe you're great at smiling and you can greet people. Think about teaching the scriptures to the young people. How excited they get and what joy there is there. How about working in the background, in the kitchen? Or perhaps helping with technology, those of you who are brave. Maybe it's going on a mission trip. You see, there are all kinds of ways. Being a youth worker, helping behind the altar, helping with our seniors in visitation. Maybe your, your education and your love is in numbers. Well, there's a place for that in God's church. We need people to audit our records once in a while. There's always things to do. Maybe it's God's given you a gift of leadership as your fruit. And so maybe you can help serve and lead and help direct God's work among us. Maybe it's in doing office work. Maybe you like stamping envelopes. There's things to do. There are homebound members that, that would love to not be lonely but have a visit from you. Maybe there's a place for you in your heart for prayer, to pray for all those on our church prayer list every day, and to send cards of comfort and encouragement to others. Maybe God gave you even the gift of music, and you can sing or play or do some other great talent thing. Maybe you're one of those that's more construction-minded, and maybe you have the gift of caring for the painting and the plumbing and the electrical and, and the cleaning of God's house. Maybe you just really like to give all your time in one week and do VBS with us. See, there are many opportunities, aren't there? And there are many of us. So God's house should never be short of people to help. 
because God has blessed us, strengthened us, and helped us to remain green in even the darkest times. And he helps us to bear fruit. You know what? I'm a firm believer that if you try to do something and it's in God's way and helping him and his mission, God will make sure that you are there and equipped and engaged to do that thing, whatever it is, that God helps us. He puts people around us to mentor us, to help us, so that we can all work for God's kingdom. So that yellow card, we're going to collect those next week. So maybe pick them up off your windowsill or off your table and think about that this week as we contemplate how God is leading us into service and into caring for others. Because that is what it's like to bear fruit. To bear fruit is to use what God has given to you and to use it for his purposes. Remember, we as Lutherans, we know Ephesians 2, 8, and nine really well, right? It's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own work so that no one can boast. But then verse 10, we sometimes always leave off. And I always harp on this, and all of you guys know this. Maybe I shouldn't say harp, but that's, you know, that God has prepared good works for us to do in advance. That he's already prepared all the things that need to be done and has us wanting now to fill in and do those things for his glory, for his purpose. So today I hope that you understand that in Christ you have been forgiven, that you have been planted near the water, that in your baptism God continues to nourish you and strengthen your faith so that you can bear fruit in your life for God's purposes. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.